0: you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. I'd like to begin our message by commending Pastor Joe on a wonderful message that he shared last week speaking on being a masterpiece. That will be a message that we won't forget for a long time with those mirrors and the writing on there who we are. This morning I'd like to piggyback on Pastor Joe's message and speak once again about you and I being created in the image of God. In preparation for this, I read a number of different writings, a guy named Nick Staub from his book About You. And I would encourage you to do a little research and read about the image of God. There's different thoughts and ideas on that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, notice this phrase, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue so it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Before we get into our message, there's just a couple things that I wanted us to point out about this scripture. God created mankind in his own image and in his likeness. And he gave them dominion. God created mankind to have dominion. He created mankind to be rulers. He didn't create you to be slaves. He didn't create you to be down here. He created you and placed you in a position that's elevated. And he said for you to take dominion, and he said for you to be fruitful. God desires for us to be fruitful. He doesn't desire for us to, you know, when you're fruitful, you multiply. God doesn't desire for us to be subtracting from things and pulling away from things. God made us to be the head and not the tail. That's what he designed us and he created us for. Pastor Joe mentioned on this last week, when God created man, you'll also notice this, everything he made, he said it's good. Now, if you've never been to a national park, I would encourage you to get online and look at Yosemite National Park, Yosemite Valley. When you pull in, there's a tunnel there. When you come through that valley, through that tunnel, and it opens up and you see the Yosemite Valley before you. And you see numerous, probably four four or five huge waterfalls that you can see. You stand back and you're like amazed. You're like, wow. This is gorgeous. You know that there's a God, that there's a creator. You watch these nature shows and you see all the fish and the different types of animals and how diverse they are. You look and you say, wow. You know, look at one of these, like the Australian reefs and stuff like that where all these different tropical fish are. And you're like, God, you're incredible. Well, God said, that's all good. But when he finished making man, he said, it's very good. Why? Because mankind bears the likeness and the image of God. Whenever people look at us, we can't see God. I want you to know that from the heavens, when people look and they see God, that you and I bear His image. We were created in His likeness. There's something about you that has God's stamp upon you. It shines through it. all of mankind. Whether someone is born again or whether someone has never heard the name of Jesus, mankind is created in the image and in the likeness of Almighty God. Now, as we say that, man being made in the image of God is an audacious claim. If I were to the one who came up with that notion... We would say, certainly, that's an arrogant claim. How could you say you are made in the? What a claim to say that I am made in the image of God. If a man would claim that, we would say, what pride, what arrogance! However, it was God who said that. We all know that we're not gods. We are powerful. You're a lot more powerful than what you think you are. But you're not all powerful. We have knowledge. You have the ability to gain much more knowledge than what you realize you can. But you're not all knowledgeable, all-knowing. You have wisdom. And as you seek the Lord, he'll give you more wisdom. But you haven't obtained all wisdom. You and I have been created in the image. When it says that we are in the image of God, we have been created in his image. The Hebrew root word of the Latin phrase for image of God, image deo, means image, shadow, or likeness of God. The one author wrote that you are a snapshot or a facsimile of God. At the very least, this means that humans occupy a higher place in the created order. Because we alone are created with God-like characteristics. If you're listening, I would like you to listen to this one phrase, this one sentence. You might want to jot it down. You will feel the greatest pleasure... And wholeness When who God made you to be is fully developed and expressed in you. Let me say it to you one more time. You will feel the greatest pleasure and wholeness when who God made you to be is fully developed and expressed. When you and I become who God created us to be, that's where we're going to find our greatest satisfaction and significance. The question is, is in what ways are you created in the image of God? How are you God-like? How are you like God? How do you reflect His image? If we could take a snapshot of God, what would we see? And what would it reveal about humans who have been created and designed in His image? I have a number of things that I want you to bear with me quickly. The first one is, you're creative because God is creative. In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We know that God is creative and every human makes things. Every human does. Artists make things with paint. Poets and writers and philosophers and lawyers make things with ideas and the compelling use of words. Doctors make people healthier and Consultants make organizations better. Manufacturers, construction workers make things with raw materials. Chefs make things with fruits and vegetables, meat and spices. Every human being has the capacity to make things, to create, because we're all made in the image of a creative God. I want to say to you that you are much more creative than what you possibly know. Inside of this room, listen to me, inside of this room are books that have yet to be written. There are pieces of equipment that have yet to be designed. There are answers to life's problems and solutions that have yet to be discovered because you have not allowed God to bring to fruition the creativity that is inside of you. Yeah, many people will say, well, I don't know, I'm not really that creative. You know, the crazy thing is, is that inside of us, we bear the very image and the likeness of God. We serve a creative God. So there's problems that you're facing that if you'll allow, if you will draw from His strength that's already placed inside of you, you will be able to find solutions to problems, you'll be able to find answers So where do you work? a God-sized vacuum. God has created us as spiritual beings so there's a Capacity to communicate because God's a communicator. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 3. Anthropologists agree that the emergence of symbolic language, first spoken, then written, represents the sharpest break between animals and humans. The human ability to think and reason, to use language, symbols, and art, far surpasses the ability of any animal. Did you ever notice sometimes people say, well, I'm not really good at communicating. Do you ever notice that there's people, it, it amazes me, people who are blind and deaf, yet they still find ways to communicate. People who are deaf, they learn to communicate. People who are blind, learning to communicate. One of the things that if they want to torture people, if they want to torture people, what do they do? Or if you want to punish the worst offenders... You put them in solitary confinement. What did they do with prisoner of war people? They would lock them in places by themselves. And they would stop them from trying to communicate. And they would be happy. They would find strength whenever they could tap out a message to the person next to them. Even if it meant they would be beaten or abused or their privileges take away. They would do whatever they could simply to communicate in some way. You and I were created as communicative people. We're designed to communicate to others. Look to the person next to you and say, I am a communicator. This gift was bestowed when God's image was imprinted on us. That's why your wife gets ticked off at you when you fail to communicate. The next thing is you're intelligent. You were created in God's image and you have the ability to communicate. You were created in God's image and you are intelligent. Because God is intelligent. He said, you're created in his image. He's intelligent. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, the logos, a Greek word meaning reason or logic, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Logical, sequential thoughts flow from the orderliness of God's mind. I want you to think about, people have this idea that man came from, we don't know where he first got started, but somehow there was like a one-cell And that's where man came from. And these are the people, they look at us, and they think that they're educated and that they're intelligent and that we're just kind of like backwoods crazy people because we believe that there is a God who created all things. For many people, they think that sounds like a fantasy. That's like a fairy tale. That's a fairy tale that there's an all-powerful God who created things. Or I want you to just imagine your human eye. The complexity of the human eye and how it works and how it functions. And we're saying that that came from just one part of your body. That that came from all kinds of years, from one cell that some, we don't know where that cell came from. Oh, it was the Big Bang. That's right. Okay, let me ask you this. Imagine your ideal home. You want granite countertops. Don't want that from Micah stuff anymore. We're ready for granite. You want granite countertops, stone backsplash, nice backsplash. You want Brazilian cherry hardwood on the floor. You want a certain type of Berber carpet in this bedroom, and and, and you want slate in the entryway. Well, wait a minute. If you've got all the materials, went to Lowe's, you got all the materials there, and then you started blowing them up. How many times would you have to blow them up before your house falls into place exactly how it was designed to plant? But wait a minute, they're starting with nothing. How many explosions do you have to set off? How many times, just, just think about, this, this room only has two different colors of paint. How many buckets, how many times would we have to uh, explode different types of paint till it was cut in perfectly? And yet, mankind, yet people have this crazy thought that man comes from nothing. That there's not a creator. That it makes more sense that you explode nothing and man comes. And his eyes, and his ears, and, and his circulatory system, and, and his skeletal systems, and all the other bowels, and all the other digestive systems, all those other things that God creates, and it comes from nothing. For if you and I were created by a wise God who simply speaks. And, you know, the reality of it is if the earth was a little bit further or a little bit closer to the sun, it would be impossible for us to live on. And yet God holds all of those things in place by his hand. Here's the reality. The reality is, is that we were created in the image of an all-powerful, all-wise God with a mind that you and I can't even comprehend. But we're created in his image. So anybody tell you that you're done? You're creating this image. You're intelligent. You're gifted. Now, here's the thing a lot of times we think that people have to be gifted in a particular way. You know, everybody went to school. And if you can sit for eight hours and not move your butt and memorize certain things, then it, it have this idea that I'm smart. Well, God gave a variety of different types of intelligence. There's a lot of people who can't necessarily remember how to conjugate verbs and, and all of those things. It's kind of they're like, what? What? And geometry and trigonometry. But the cool thing is, is God knew who you would be. There's a lot of the people who got A's in school, who'll be working, not working for the guy who got a C who couldn't pay attention in school. He had a different type of intelligence. Do you know what I'm saying? And those people will be working for you. But God created you. The amazing thing is is that God created you and he gave you and gifted you with intelligence for what you were created and designed to do. So the funny thing is, is just because you sat in second grade and maybe you weren't the best math person. Or maybe you weren't the best writer. You know, there's people who, for the life of them, they can't figure out certain math problems. But you put them out on a construction job. And don't know angles and all those things. There's someone who really isn't very good with biology. But they can build all kinds of stuff. And design things. There's people who maybe they don't have a real good grasp of history. Yet they relate to people so well. And they can sell you anything. You know what I'm saying? So God created us. Here's the thing. God created us and blessed us with intelligence. Our intelligence is not just limited to one area. Because he knew you. And he knew the gifts. And he, Now, it's wonderful if we can do good. You know, obviously we like our kids to do good in school. Obviously we want to do good in a variety of different areas. But God created you and designed you and gifted you. He made you in his image. Because he knew before the foundations of the world what your calling would be. What your life would be. And so because you're not like the person down the street, it's okay. Because you weren't like the person sitting next to you in school. It's okay. You're still smart. You're still intelligent because God's given you what exactly what you needed to do. God's given each of us different abilities, different giftings, and we need to embrace that. We need to be thankful. We need to say, Lord, that's what you made me for. We're designed a particular way. I thought of the Indian in the first service. You can use a screwdriver for a lot of different things. And I said to him, when Snap-on truck comes by, his shop, and all the guys who worked in automotive work, anytime you say (laughs) snap-on, they get excited. You know what I mean? You'll see them wearing the snap-on jackets. And when the snap-on truck pulls up, I mean it's like party time. You know what I mean? And they go out to the truck and the guy is going to give them a deal. And I was like, Andy, you know, like, how much is a set of screwdrivers from Snap on? He's like, ah, 250, 300 bucks. 250, 300 bucks. I get those ones that are $1.49. <laughs> and maybe with the $1.49 ones, you can do what I do. But it's possible, you can use a screwdriver for a pry bar, you can use it as a chisel, you can use it as a hammer. But it works best when you use it for what it's designed for. And you and I, We can try a lot of things, but God's created us, and he's designed us, and he's gifted us in a specific way. So if God made you to be a screwdriver, then be a screwdriver. And don't try, don't try to force yourself into some other mold, because God knew exactly what he was doing. He gifted you that way. You're relational, because God's relational. Let's make man in our image, in our likeness. Genesis 1.26. Genesis 2.18, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. The phrase, let us make man in our image, reveals this unity, this usness in the very nature of God. The very essence of God is relational, and he created you to be in relationship with others and in relationship with him. And that essential quality has been imprinted upon humans. This capacity for relationship with God extends to humans. That's why Genesis' story declares that God created Eve for Adam. Because he said it's not good for man to be alone. You we were made for relationships, and that's why God calls us to be devoted to one another. We were made for relationships, and that's why we function best... We function best when our relationships are healthy. We grow the most when we are in relationship. And yet the enemy would love to distort those things. He loves to keep us from having healthy, whole relationships. You're morally responsible because God's a moral being. The Bible says, and in Genesis two sixteen and 17, The Lord God commanded the man... He said, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. You need anything you want in here. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you'll surely die. Just as there are natural laws that govern the universe, universal moral laws govern human behavior. The Bible teaches us that these laws are written upon human hearts. But there's laws that God has written upon the hearts of men. Now, when we understand what it means to be created and designed and made and, and to bear the image of God, we're struck by the incredible possibilities. I'm created in the image of God. Wait a minute. His image. I'm created. You're created in His likeness. There comes a sense of the sense of possibility that God has put his stamp upon mankind. It separates man from everything else in the universe. We bear the image. Mankind, whether you are born again or not, mankind bears the image of God. He's created with God-like characteristics. So we're struck by the incredible possibilities. And then we're also struck by the tragedy Of unrealized potential. Do you realize who you can be? Do you realize what you can do? I believe that one of the things, when we stand before God, one of the things about the Bible says it will wipe away every tear from their eye. The thing that comes to my mind when we think about that is all of the opportunities that we missed out on in this life. Because we didn't understand whose image we were created in. Have you ever noticed this, that whenever one generation does something, that others, sometimes there's almost like a false wall, a false ceiling, in a family, in a company, on a team. You'll notice this, that once there's one state champion at a school, a lot of times you'll find that there'll be another state champion down the road. Once one guy scores a thousand points, There'll be another teammate down the road who scores a 1,000 points. It's almost like there's those false ceilings or false barriers that stop people. Once one man did the four-minute mile, it was another and another and another. So we see that taking place. One of the greatest strategies, I think, will be is this unrealized potential that I have the image of God and his likeness upon me. I have his wisdom flowing through me. I have His grace flowing through me. I have His ability to communicate. I have intelligence that comes from God. I am morally responsible. Though all humans possess these godlike capacities, each of us has the potential to express them distinctively. Because God's image has been imprinted uniquely on each of us. In God's infinite creativity... There's no duplicates. You're the only you there is. And you're the only you that will ever be. There's no one just like you. Now we've quickly highlighted a few of God's characteristics that we bear. But there are many more. And when we allow these characteristics to be developed in our lives, we feel and experience our greatest fulfillment and joy. You were created in His image and in His likeness. You were created to be like Him. God is truth. And you were designed to tell the truth. That's why things blow apart when you don't. That's why I don't feel good when you don't. You know, my knee, my knee goes this way. It will go back. You've got to put a fair amount of pressure on it. But given enough pressure, it will bend back this way. It's not designed to go that way. It doesn't work well when it goes that way. Do you know what I'm saying? You were designed in the image of God. You were designed to tell the truth. You can lie, but it goes against the you were designed to do. It brings a lot of damage when you do that. You were created to be the head and not the tail. You can be the tail, but that's not what you were created for. You were meant You were designed to forgive. You can choose not to. You can go against forgiveness. But to carry around unforgiveness begins to do damage to your soul. You were designed to be a giver. God's generous. God gives. You were made to be a giver. You were not designed to steal. Now you can steal if you want to. You have a free will. You can go against the nature for which you were designed, but you were not designed to be a thief. You were designed to be generous and to give to those who had need. You can go against your nature. You were created to be holy. You see, God's holy. And you were created in His image. You were created in His likeness. You can choose to behave in an unholy manner. You can choose to defile yourself. But that's not what you are created for. You were created in His image and likeness. You were designed. You function best when you walk in holiness. You can walk in rebellion, but you were designed for obedience. You see, my friend, you and I were created in His image and in His likeness. We're designed to be like and to function like Him. And you'll find your greatest contentment And your greatest joy, when you allow God's image to be fully developed in you. Father, today, we thank you for creating us. Your word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you created us in the image and likeness, not of a good person, not of a wise man. But in the very image and likeness of a holy God. Now I pray, Father... That as a people, as we leave here, that we would grasp that concept that I'm made in God's image. I'm made in His likeness. I'm designed and created to be like Him. And though I'm not omnipotent, I'm powerful. I was created to be powerful. And though I'm not all-knowing, I was created with this incredible ability to have knowledge. I don't have all wisdom. I'm created with the capacity to receive astronomical amounts of wisdom that far surpasses those around us. Because I'm created in your image and in your likeness. My Father, I pray as we leave here, I know that the enemy would love to scar or distort the image of God. But I thank you, Lord, that your image will be seen in and through us. I pray that we would see it again and again, that we'd realize that's why I'm happy when I tell the truth, that we'd realize that's why I'm, I have the most peace when I give. That's why I find the most joy when I forgive. That's why that release comes. That's when that contentment comes. I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name.